We uh, have had some very minor interaction with him. Again, I'm not going to go into what that interaction is, but uh, he is known to us. We've had a, a, a minor interaction with him back in 2015. Without getting into specifics, I can say there was a very minor altercation or interaction between our deceased uh, and our accused. Our allegations are the, uh, the incident took place in a very quick uh, fashion and uh, ended very quickly. That is Detective, uh, on the case of the man who was pushed on the subway, this is Detective Rob North speaking to reporters outside of the courtroom. And this is a a shocking case that involves a a totally innocent man, elderly man, pushed in front of a moving subway to his death. And uh, it certainly sparked up a lot of questions, an awful lot of concerns. And it doesn't happen very often, but the last time it did happen was back in 1997, involved a man who had mental illness, and then another case in 2009 involving three boys pushed into the path of a train, again, a case of mental illness, and a finding of not criminally responsible. And now we are told this is also an isolated event. The accused who made his first court appearance today is known to police. They won't say how. They will not confirm mental illness, but the investigative officer certainly was asked you know, is that a factor? And the response was, it's always a factor in a case like this. Okay, so what are we gonna what are we gonna do about it? All we hear about is how safe Toronto is, and now we've got a, an elderly gentleman minding his own business who ends up in the path of a moving subway. Let's bring in Lorne Honickman, who is our Global News Radio legal analyst. Hello there, with also BTZLaw.ca. How are you? Good evening. Well, you know, I, I'm going to play Kreskin here and, and bet that this turns into a case of criminally not responsible, which I think will frustrate an awful lot of people. Of course, they don't have, you know, I, that is just me saying that. But, but you know why you're saying it? And it, it really, and it's important because um, we don't want to think. It's, it, I think it's, it's like you say, thankfully these things happen. They're few and far between. It's horrific. And you don't want to think that somebody who is alleged to have done this would have been of, of sound mind to do it. Now, he's charged with first-degree murder at this point. Yeah, but that, that speaks to planning. So, I mean... Planned and deliberate. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, and, and we do, we want to think of these things, and we want to say they're horrific And we want to be able to rationalize it in our mind and say, well, uh, you know, hopefully this is just, it's going to be this. Because you you said it in an interesting way. You said, well, you know, this is what's going to end up happening. But, you know, it it puts us in this this place of, well, what in the world, the the vulnerability, once again, it points again, we're we're having these, these incidents. And this is why I think it's the dissonance that goes through us, Alex. We're having these incidents in the city mm-hmm. where we're trying to make sense of it. The, the man who's charged with going on the sidewalk, and, and we won't even go through all of that again. We, and again, we, we, we're looking. You're always looking. You're going, well, how did this happen? What was the motive and where it was? And, you know, and that's why when you said that the police sort of hinted a bit that they knew this man or knew of him but wouldn't say why. So it is. It's, 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 it's a horrific incident. It, you, you say to yourself, well, you know, I heard uh, the spokesperson from the TTC. They said, well, you know, we learned from, well, what, do you, what, what can you learn from it? 
Yeah, you know, to be further paranoid. I mean, it could have been a child, could have been a, a person just standing there. In in this case, it was, you know, a poor, a, a poor older guy who likely would never have been able to defend himself. Right. Um, but again, you know, if when when we learn uh, what he was known to for police, if it comes out that this man was mentally ill, I mean, it poses a, a, a difficult conversation because you can't vilify those who are mentally ill. Right. But we don't have any programs in place and we don't have proper funding in place to make sure that they are either kept safe or safely away from others so that the public at large is kept safe. Because yeah, we keep having these one-off incidents. Dealing and grappling with this for years. There's yeah. um, certainly, and again, and I, I think, and I know you have, but I think we got underlined here that we, we don't want to draw any conclusions right now and say, oh yeah, this, this, this man is... Um, uh, has mental uh, has mental illness, or this man is going to be pleading, you know, uh, not criminal. We're, we're we're speculating here and, and hypothesizing because, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, certainly if that was the case, and if that came out, you're absolutely right. It would it would point once again to a lot of issues with respect to the justice system and the mentally ill. Um, and that's why we try to reconcile it and put it together. But, you know, but I, I was there tonight with my son at that subway stop. You know, I was, I was heading back to his place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, look at this. this is where, and, and you look and you look around and everybody sort of, you look around. One of the things that, that, that you really get concerned about, and I know police get concerned about in these particular cases, Alex, is, is, is a copycat, right? Somebody right. who's going to look at this and say that you don't want that and you don't want, you don't want those types of things. You want this to be isolated. You say... You know, well, hopefully this will never happen again or, you know, and... and well, well, let me ask you this as a lawyer, and I think I know where you're going to go with this, but I'll ask you anyway, and I know where the privacy laws in this country would take us, but if someone is flagged as mentally ill, let's say with uh, schizophrenia, um, something that can invoke uh, a violence or, or, or if not medicated, can, you know, become really exacerbated and volatile... Right. Is there going to become a point in time, if we are going to allow those with mental illness to live among us, that we then as a society at large have the right to know? Like, Well, you know, we, we have a... Not certain, that you would put a sign on someone's head, like I don't know how you would do it, right. but at some point... Right. So so we do have the ability, uh, and, I, and a lot of people will say, well, how much is... how how great is this is is this power you you've probably heard of a form 1 a form 1 is an application by a physician for a, a psychiatric assessment it allows a doctor to hold you uh, mm-hmm. for up to 72 hours to undergo a psychiatric assessment if there is a concern that a person's going to be a danger to themselves or others but but on a, on a, any given day uh you 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 point to a very practical issue and and dilemma uh, even if there is a concern of somebody, uh, you know, or concern about somebody, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to put a sign on. Are you going to be able to follow? Of course not. And and a lot of it, you, you throw your hands up in the air and you say, listen, we just got to get on and we just, we hope and, you know, that, that people will be dealt with in a proper way. But as, as a lawyer, as somebody who, 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 you, who I, you know, I've seen people in the system, you, you think to yourself that the justice system in many ways isn't even the place for them. Right. Um, and you worry about, well, what's going to happen? And you know what? This discussion that we're having, this happens a lot when we're talking about somebody coming back into the community after serving their sentence. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one person. 
and I and I've had huge debates about this. Where people say, "Well, it's not right," you know, like police shouldn't warn. Police shouldn't warn people about somebody coming back into the community. You know, let's say let's say eight years, ten years ago, they committed a violent crime and they're come back. They've done their time. You know, should the police be warning the? Community? They, they do on on so, in sex offender cases. We see that where they they just conveniently will notify newsrooms and then they let the media kind of drive them out of town. We've done it. I mean, how many times have exactly. we done it over the? Oh. And, and how many times have you had people who would say, you know? It's not right. You know, like, when it comes uh, to sex offenders, sure. none. <laughs> Sorry, well, Lauren, none. No, no, maybe, maybe. But They're I, not sad I, when they leave I, the community. I've had you discussions know. with people yep. say it doesn't matter what the crime is or whatever, that you don't want to do that because you're always worried about vigilante justice. That's always yep. the pushback argument, right? Yep. The pushback argument is that if you warn people in the community about a potentially dangerous person, whether they've served their time, haven't served their time, or whatever, that you are that putting that person's so forget about their privacy, which is a whole other issue. You're putting their safety at risk, and we can't do that. And you know, I, I again, you we're, we have to completely underline here. We're, we we don't know anything about this accused in this subway attack. We know nothing about him. But if it ever were to come out, you know, hypothetical, oh, police knew about him, or he was a danger, or police were concerned about him, you can see the potential liability issues that would be coming out of everywhere. So sure. it's, it's, it's a real difficult balance. It's a very difficult, difficult balance, um, because you're, you're essentially balancing the rights of someone who's vulnerable and ill against society at large. It's a tough balancing act, but at some point, because we have so many mentally ill people and, and people, Lauren, that are not getting the help they need, right? then at what point do we just kind of say, we have to have an honest discussion? Well, yeah, and, yeah. You, and not only an honest discussion, how much power do we want to give right. police with the respect to yeah. releasing information, yeah. the yeah. duty to warn, how far does that go? But again... I know you want to underline it, and I want to underline it. Nobody should jump to any conclusions yet right now. The only thing we do know is that there's a man who's dead. Yep. It's alleged that he was murdered, and it's alleged that somebody did this murder, planned and deliberate. They're charged with first-degree murder. Yeah, which I find is the other interesting thing. So it could be, yeah, the speaking of, uh, I'll watch for it to see if it's downgraded or if, in fact, it's, it's changed. But maybe, uh, uh, would that be a slip-up by the Toronto Police? No. So you think it's very deliberate that they put that charge? Oh, sure. I mean, the, the, you know, they would, depending on what the information that they got, uh, they read this pretty quick. Because you're basically alleging that the person would have planned and deliberately gone to a station to do just that. that that's essentially... Or, or maybe not went to the station to do it, but while at the station, uh, made a decision there or whatever. But whatever it was, it right. was planned and deliberate. Right. And um, Even if there was a history of mental illness in, in the file? Well, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's not up to the police yeah. to determine beforehand whether or not somebody is going to be criminally, to the not criminally responsible yeah. down the road. They're yeah. going to look at this and uh, and they'll make, uh, the, the, they determine whether or not they have reasonable, probable grounds to lay a charge at that point. Right. It's not their determination to say, well, you know, I don't think he knew what he was doing. Yeah, oh, well, interesting case. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll follow yeah, it. Yeah, it's uh, interesting, but really, as you started Ugh. off by saying, very, very disturbing, especially given the way our subway system works and the fact that it's so open yeah so open it's open sir i gotta leave it there wish i had more time we will talk again soon certainly lauren honigman joining us you know him as our global news radio legal analyst or on point i'm alex pearson and this is global news radio